My name is Kenneth Mejia. I'm the Los Angeles City Controller, the city's auditor, accountant, and paymaster in charge of making sure that our money is accounted for, ensuring that our money is being spent effectively and efficiently, and making sure that all payments are made to vendors and the entire city uh, employee family. Nice. Love it. Cool. No, that was good. Oh, no, uh, that was good. Normally, normally, uh, I feel like tax stuff can sound boring as hell, but like everything everywhere all at once made auditing and taxes really cool. So this is a, I feel like this is a good timing of everything. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Politically Asian Podcast, where two Asian-American comedians talking about politics and the Asian-American community in hopes of getting more Asians to talk about politics. We are coming at you live from Brooklyn and L.A. My name is Jerry Lim. My pronouns are they, them. And you can find me across the Internet at Jerryaki. That's G-E-R-R-I-E-Y-A-K-I. And my co-host Hey, my name is Aaron Yin. My pronouns are he, him, and you can find me on social media at Aaron Flarin. That's A-A-R-O-N-F-L-A-R-I-N. So uh, it's been a while since we've had guests, and a lot of listeners have wanted guest episodes again. So today, Jerry and I have not one, but two guests on this episode, okay? Two people. So um, <laughs> we have Jane Nguyen and Kenneth Mejia. Jane's going to be here for the first half, and then Kenneth will join in the second half. But please give a warm welcome for Jane Nguyen. Woo! Thanks for the warm welcome. Uh, I'm Jane Nguyen. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm the chief of staff for the city controller. Previously, I was the campaign manager for Kenneth Mejia for city controller. Perfect. Thank you, Jane. And thank you so much for being on. Um, we did a lot of research into like, you know, obviously you and the controller and the backgrounds and we just have some questions, but trying to keep it as casual as well. So feel free to ask us any questions. But I guess, you know, the first question we had for you is, you know, on this podcast, we you know try to talk a lot about doing things in real life, Asian people organizing and doing things in real life. Our first question for you is like, what would you say is like one moment that sort of maybe like radicalized you and made you want to organize long term versus just doing something once or twice? That's such a great question. Um, so I there are so many moments um, living in Los Angeles that radicalized me. Yeah, I um, imagine, yeah. Yeah, but uh, there are several moments uh, that come to mind when you ask like what has made me determined to really fight for systemic change. Um, and I would say, uh, first, when I started uh, an organization called K-Town for All in my neighborhood of Koreatown um, in response to massive protests against a homeless shelter. So the city of LA proposed building a homeless shelter in my neighborhood. Um, and there were thousands of people who were protesting it. And I got so angry um, <sighs> that I went out there um, and myself and a handful of other people, we held signs in support of the homeless shelter. Um, and that was what led to the creation of the organization K-Town for All. Mm. Um, so realizing the extent of anti-homeless, anti-poor sentiments was very disturbing to me. Uh, and then as we started organizing around homelessness efforts in Koreatown, um, 
I started talking to our unhoused neighbors. One of the people that I met, um, his name is Joe Reyes. He was a longtime Koreatown resident. He had lived there for 11 years or so. And he was evicted because his building had been bought out by um, someone else, a new property owner, who raised the rent. And he was unable to afford the rent. He has a disability. And he was kicked out on the street. He was living on the streets of Koreatown um, with his cat, who meant the world to him. And the city of L.A. came by and they threw away everything that he had um, in one of their suites. So he lost all of his things, his property, his tent, uh, and his heart medication. So he went through uh, you know, several of these sweeps. And after a few weeks, he passed away. Mm. Uh, so we see this happening uh, very frequently to our unhoused neighbors. Is They would lose everything in these devastating sweeps. And they're unable to um, to really rebuild and to enter the path to permanent housing. So those are the two moments that stand mm. out in my mind as um, thing, as moments that radicalized me. Wow, I didn't re- realize LA did um, housing sweeps as similar to New York. I, I mean, I guess they did it first. Um, but uh, it's interesting that it's anger. It feels very like. Uh, opposite of what they tell Jedi, you know, like, oh, don't give in to anger and stuff like that. But it's interesting to hear that that's what inspired you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned anger because that really was the thing that motivated me for so long was this pure rage. Um, and every day that I got up, I was just like, motivated. Angry. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, I mean, I, I feel, I feel that a lot. Like, um, like I do a lot of like organizing, I guess, in New York City and with, with the people I talk to, it's like, it's like a combination of like 60% rage still like internally. I feel that on a daily basis and then like 20% hope and then like 20% sometimes just feeling kind of sad and despairing, but it's like always like a mix of like, like even in my own head, like with um, in New York city, there's a lot of cases around like home care agencies, like a lot of elderly Asian women working in home care who've also been exploited. Some of who have also passed away because of that. And that like, tr- like I, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. It's like always in the back of the head. How, have you, were you born in LA? No, I was actually born in Vietnam, oh, and okay. I came to the U.S. when I was three years old. Uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I came to Los Angeles in 2010 to uh, go to school at USC, actually. So that's how I ended up in Los Angeles. Mm. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. Are you still angry, I guess, is, is a good start. Um, are you still angry? And if, you know, how do you keep that sustainable, like as a fire to keep going? Um, when Aaron mentioned that he kind of breaks down his emotions in percentages, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I go through that daily, you know, and it always fluctuates too. Like on some days it's like a hundred percent anger on other days it's more like, uh, 90% hope. Um, yeah, so that always changes. Um, but I think when I was an activist and I was outside of government, um, it was more anger because I saw very clearly how these things are cruel, they're wrong, they need mm. to be stopped. And it's very clear how you stop doing these things, like stop throwing away people's belongings. You know, let's actually uh, move those funds towards solutions such as housing and services instead of throwing away people's things. Um, now that I'm in government, um, it's less rage and more um, seeing what we can do to to work towards fixing those problems. 
and to mm. work towards solutions. Yeah, that's actually pretty relevant to, I guess, a question we had for you. You know, like, like personally speaking, like after doing organizing in New York City, I, I'm not like too fond of electoral politics and like, you know, running for office and elections and all that. I guess for you, you know, doing K-Town for All, you know, doing a lot of stuff outside of city government, what made you decide to work for the city eventually? It feels like um, a natural trajectory. So when you're an activist, you are always trying to pressure the city government to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so it just feels natural that uh, we should enter city government and try to do the right thing. So now we are in government. Let's do the right thing. And we are committed to that every single day. Uh, it may not be as we're not able to do things as quickly as I'm sure people think that we can. Um, the city controller's office is structured in a way that empowers um, our team to do more than the previous administration. And so we're doing as much as we can. But what we're hoping is for systemic change. And that takes time. That's I feel like that's like a really fair and natural progression anyway to like eventually just move into city government. Um, I think like, you know, you mentioned that uh, in your old neighborhood of K-Town, um, there were some uh, Korean residents who, you know, didn't like you, didn't agree with like what you were organizing, um, but specifically, did it take you seriously because you're Vietnamese? Do you think Korean people still like, mm, don't like you, might hate you a little bit for those days? I hope not. Um, we, uh, when we ran the campaign, um, Kenneth received um, a lot of votes from the Asian American community, um, and he's also the first citywide Asian American elected official. So we did outreach um, to Korean American um, speakers, um, people who speak uh, have Asian monolingual uh, speakers, and they um, they really gravitated toward Kenneth and our campaign because. We were talking about universal issues, um, things that everybody can relate to and things that everybody can support, um, such as accountability and financial transparency. So no matter how they feel about my position on homelessness or the shelter, um, everybody agrees that we should have more transparency in how homelessness funds are being spent. And we should work towards solutions that ultimately end homelessness. So I do hope that, you know, the Korean American community um, really appreciates what we stand for. Um, and I think the campaign results, uh, the election results show that. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, I also say it, it does feel like a pretty Asian thing sometimes to care about how the money is spent, you know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, can see, I, can, I can see that angle. Where it's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty funny, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, definitely much more an Asian thing. Everybody wants to know how their tax dollars are being spent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, did, I guess within like the, the Asian population within, you know, K-Town or just LA broadly, um, did you all have like appeal like across generations? I guess I'm kind of curious about that. Like, I'm not sure. Like, was it like the, the older Korean residents who didn't like you in the beginning? Do they like you now? Is it mainly like a young people, young Asian American thing uh, who like is like the main base for supporting Kenneth? Is like what's kind of the 
demographics within the Asian community? I think uh, we appeal to all generations. Um, mm. So uh, definitely we had a lot of young people who supported our campaign uh, because we are young ourselves. So yeah. uh, Kenneth is also in his early 30s. So naturally young people gravitated towards us. Um, and we also had older, more elderly um, Korean Americans who supported us. Uh, so we had um, like billboards, we had letters um, in Korean. So um, I think everybody really um, embraced our campaign um, because it was it was more than just um, Kenneth. Um, it was Kenneth representing um, as an outsider to city government. And mm. um, this election cycle, people were tired of city hall insiders. Um, they wanted change. So Kenneth was the perfect person to represent that. Yeah, I think that that kind of talking about different generations is a good segue into, you know, um, asking how do you get people who like don't care to care or to show up? Well, during the campaign, we employed like some pretty unconventional tactics. So you might have seen our inflatable Pikachu. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we had inflatable Pikachu that were parading down the street and we had these giant billboards uh, with corgis. So there were these um, eye-catching tactics that got people interested right away because they were curious about what this, these corgis and these Pikachus were all about. And then that curiosity led them to uh, wonder what is a city controller? And that was the opportunity for us to engage people um, on the question of, do you know where your tax dollars are going? Um, how do you want to, like, what do you want to see audited? Like, what would you like to see us um, look into in terms of city departments and city programs? And the more that we engage people on these questions, um, the more they thought about how city government impacts everything about their lives. You know, every time they set foot outside and they look around at the crumbling sidewalks or the trees that haven't been trimmed for decades um, or police response or homelessness and housing and rent, all of those things um, are, are city government related. So um, we, we ask people very simple questions. What do you want us to audit? What do you want us to look into? Um, and that really got a lot of engagement. So using cutesy, <laughs> cutesy symbols and um, signs and all those things really helped us. <laughs> Uh, literally Pokemon go to the polls. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I, I guess just overall, can you maybe explain for our listeners just what do you as chief of staff do on a day-to-day -day basis? I know it might change a lot, but anything you can kind of do to paint a picture of your rough responsibilities. That's a really good question. And going into city office, um, I asked that myself. I was like, <laughs> what is a chief of staff? What does the chief of staff do? And you know, I still don't really know. <laughs> um, okay, so it's like I consultants. Yeah, it's it's so general. Um, but uh, I was talking like former chiefs of staffs, and I was like, so what do you do? Um, and it it really varies from from person to person because some chiefs of staff may see themselves as um, a close advisor. Um, 
they may see themselves as more of like a scheduler, making sure that mm. uh, the office holder's schedule is, you know, they help to schedule appointments. Um, they help to represent the elected official. Um, so for me, it was really more whatever um, Kenneth and I want to make it to be. Um, mm. And it hasn't really... I guess my role hasn't changed much from the campaign. Um, during the campaign, I I worked very closely with Kenneth. I think his advisor, um, in a way. We'd always be bouncing ideas off of each other. We worked very closely. Um, we actually share an office. So um, that's a little bit unusual because going into um, her office, uh, most people would not think that the chief of staff and the controller share an office, but we do. And that allows us to constantly um, collaborate on on everything, on every little decision. Mm. So everything that Kenneth is involved in, um, I am also aware of and involved in. Um, and our um, executive team is uh, consists of um, a dozen members, and I help to oversee our staffers. Um, so that involves. Um, basic managerial things like approving their time yeah. schedule, and, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. more boring things but yeah. then um it's <laughs> also um representing kenneth in meetings so if kenneth is not able to be at a meeting i will substitute for him um so it yeah it changes every day um but yeah um i would say more of like an advisor role, friend role, mm. um, because I think being an elected official can be very lonely. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so having someone um, who is close to you, who has been through everything, you've been through, through two years of campaigning together and just knowing very intimately like everything that we're working on um, is helpful. Yeah. It's good that y'all share an office too. Did you and Kenneth like know each other a long time beforehand? Like it, it sounded like y'all met through like a housing related uh, or maybe the topic of housing. But I guess I'm kind of curious, like how far back y'all go before the whole campaign started. So uh, in 2018, when the homeless shelter protests were happening, Kenneth was a board member um, of the Koreatown Neighborhood Council. Oh. And he was in support of our efforts. So I think that's when I first heard of Kenneth. Uh, and then the first time I actually saw him, he was at in, like an LA Tennis Union protest, like screaming in front of a council member's <laughs> house. Yeah. Um, so that, that was the first time I saw him. Uh, but yeah, I've always seen him around, um, you know, housing justice um, issues. And I was working on homelessness, so mm. we always naturally intersected. Mm-hmm. And was it more like he decided to run and then you wanted to join him? Or did y'all talk about the thing together? I guess, what was it like at the inception of, you know, the whole campaign? Yeah, so this was, um, like, uh, November 2020, I think. Uh, so right after Joe Biden was elected. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So he approached me and, and said that he was thinking of running for city controller. And I was like, that is perfect for you. Um, because it's an accounting position and he is a CPA. So, of course, that makes perfect sense. Um, and the person that who had already declared is this longtime career politician um, who 
you know, didn't really stand for much. Uh, mm-hmm. He was just hoping to fall upwards into this position, even though he doesn't have the qualifications. Um, so at that time, it was also on the heels of the summer uprising um, mm. after the George Floyd protests, um, after um, People's Bunch at LA had convened. And it, it was clear that there needed to be a qualified, experienced accountant who could break down the budget numbers. Um, yeah. So um, everybody was, um, you know, organizing in Los Angeles had fundamentally changed after that summer. Um, and the budget was much more in focus than it had ever been before. So it was just um, the perfect time for Kenneth to come along as a CPA and um, and announce his uh, candidacy. So um, December uh, was when we, we announced. So just a month after the election, the, Joe Biden was elected. Um, and he had actually originally um, asked me to do graphics for his campaign. Um, <laughs> okay. I had done, yeah, I'd done graphics for uh, another council member's campaign, uh, okay. Raman. Yeah. Um, mm. And he, he just asked me to do graphics. And I was like, okay, sure. But then, you know, it, it didn't seem like he had anybody else helping him. So I was like, do you need help? Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you need help with that, maybe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I that's how I ended up being his um, campaign manager. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Okay. No, yeah. I really uh, yeah, upgraded the role from from like graphic designer to chief of staff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were on our way to um, protest in front of the, the mayor's house. Actually, mm. he was like, "Hey, do you want to be a campaign manager?" I was like, okay, I. I've never done that before, but I guess I'll figure it out. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I love that you you have a graphic design background because, like, everyone's always like, oh, Asians in creative careers. It happens, and you're proof of that. Yeah. Honestly, our campaign had so many Asian Americans. Like, we were, like, you know, we were a very diverse uh, campaign, but, like, we had a lot of amazing, talented Asian Americans on our campaign. Um, like, too many for me to mention right now. (laughs) Hey, if you're still listening to this podcast, please consider pausing and giving us a five-star review on whatever app you're listening on, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I don't think anyone else does it. Uh, If you really like the episode, consider donating to our Buy Me a Coffee. It's a one-time payment of an amount you choose, and we'll take literally anything. You can go to our website or head over to buymeacoffee.com slash political Asian. We're so broke, we couldn't even buy a longer URL with our proper name. Thanks, and now back to the episode. All right, and we're back with the second half of this episode. Um, in this half, we're joined by Jane and Kevin Mejia, who has a strict 30 minutes with us, so we're going to you know, cut to the chase. Um, Kenneth, thank you so much for, you know, for joining us, and Jane also for staying. Um, so, Kenneth, you know, Jerry and I, uh, we have a few questions for you. Um, I guess before we start, uh, you know, we, we asked Jane to in- intro herself briefly. I wasn't sure if you wanted to give a quick spiel about yourself, maybe like two or three sentences before we kind of dive in. Sure. Hi, everyone, and thank you for having me. My name is Kenneth Mejia. I'm the Los Angeles City Controller, the city's auditor, accountant, and paymaster in charge of making sure that our money is accounted for 
ensuring that our money is being spent effectively and efficiently and making sure that all payments are made to vendors and the entire city uh, employee family. Nice. Love it. Cool. No, that was good. No, no um, that was good. Normally, normally uh, it's, it, I feel like tax stuff can sound boring as hell, but like everything everywhere all at once made auditing and taxes really cool. So this is a, I feel like this is a good timing of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So our first question for you kind of goes into your background, even, you know, before all the campaigning and all the politicking started. So like we were looking into seeing, um, like before the start of you worked at like Ernst and Young, like ENY. And I guess as a very broad question, we were like, maybe were there some key moments? Like what sort of made you go from and my, my partner said like, oh, Kendall, it's like an EY Asian to, you know, who you are right now. Cause like I have a lot of friends who, you know, used to work in consulting. They still work in consulting. Maybe the biggest jump in their life was going from like ENY to like Deloitte or something, but not many people go from ENY to like politics. So I, I have been doing accounting and auditing for 11 years now, and I really got into politics around 2016 when mm. Bernie Sanders ran for Bernie. office because I thought every politician is the same and corrupt, and I never really saw someone standing up for, for the people. And I saw Bernie, and I was like, wow, I'm very inspired. So that took a, uh, an interest of mine because I know for this position, it's very technical. And I looked up the history and we've never had a CPA before or an accountant or an auditor as the city's accountant and auditor. So that, that was mind boggling to me. And so I thought this was a perfect opportunity to use my technical skills and show people where their money's being spent in a way that's easy to understand and accessible. And so I, I ran for this office. I head up Jane if she wants to be campaign manager first as a designer, but we ended up, you know, working really well. We met in 2018, working on homelessness issues and, you know, the rest is history. So it was, it's good. I think a lot of people are not familiar with how finances work, especially with all the jargon and data. There's so much of it that people just ignore it, but our job and how we ran our office and our campaign is we made it more accessible. We made tax spending and, you know, Excel sheets, bar charts, pie charts, more more awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's a hard task making Excel fun and sexy. So, you know, props to you. Um, you know, one of your one of your offices focuses is like on public safety and, you know, doing audits uh, of, say, like the LAPD's use of helicopters, seeing how useful they are, given how expensive, blah, blah, blah. So like what happens if you release your report, put out an infographic and they just call you a liar? Like they give you the Dr. Fauci treatment. Like what do you do in those cases? When we do our audits or our reports, we are very objective. We're taking their data uh, and, and you know, fact checking it. And we're doing our own verifications of it as well. So a lot of the data we use and information comes from the departments themselves. Oh, okay. And so that's why when we, when we ran for office, when we just put up bar charts of the budget, it was literally just a page on the budget. And people are like, wow. Why are you highlighting this? I'm like, no, I'm just showing you where the money's being spent. <laughs> yeah. So that's okay. how we that's how we treat our accountability and oversight work is objectively and usually it's it's mostly their data or us verifying it by just monitoring and inspecting. Mm. Uno reverse card. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Uno reverse. So it's like if they call you a liar, you'd be like you're like we you'd be like, no, this is your data. I'm just packaging it nicer. Right. And, you know, and we also verify that their data is complete or legit. Too. You know, so LA's 
been making the news, I guess, recently, a few weeks ago, about not even a few weeks, maybe like one week ago about the, the teacher strike, the three day uh, school district strike overall with like teachers, you know, janitors, counselors, like everyone. Right. Um, obviously, like they're striking to ask for higher wages and benefits. And we were wondering, like, what does the controller do in situations like this? Like, can you tell the city to print more money? Like what? Uh, well, what happens? So, so it's important to note that our jurisdiction is only over the city of LA and pertaining to certain um, departments and issues, right? So, the, some of the big issues we're in charge of in the city is, as you know, things like homelessness, housing, public safety, uh, animal services, some parts of transportation locally. But we're not in. But we we're not in charge of like mental health or health services or LAUSD, um, not in charge of the educational system. They actually are, you know, countywide and they have their own funding mechanism. Um, so us here locally, we have, we have no say, uh, I mean, we have political power. We can, we can call people out or we could do stuff like that. But in terms of our technical role, uh, we, we don't have anything to, uh, to do or say with LAUSD. I see. I see. Like, so the, like mayor, the mayor could bring them together. And I think that's what she did, brought them together to work out a deal, right? So, mm. uh, yeah. So for you all that day, it was like kind of just like any other day pretty much. Right, right. People yeah. are like asking us to audit LAUSD, but it's, it's not in our, our, uh, our wheelhouse. How many times a day do you have to explain that you just focus on LA, the city, and not the general county all, all the time everyone <laughs> everyone tags us on social media to audit something in riverside or, oh, yeah. or audit something in the, in a different county or a different city and it's like that that's not us <laughs> that's not my problem <laughs> yeah, yeah. we have a lot of issues in the city of la and your issues are important but we don't we don't have jurisdiction yeah. over it mm. I think that's a sign you're doing a good job, though, right? Like, if they're like, oh, why aren't you looking at this? Like, why, why are you just focusing on it's because they, maybe they just like your work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're yeah. very, um, you know, we're very loud. So people yeah. think we, 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 we touch everything. Yeah. They're going to ask you to solve problems in like SF or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we literally get that. Oh, right. <laughs> nice. Let's see. As a, as a LA controller, were you or are you currently worried about reinforcing the stereotype that, quote, Asians are good at math? No, not really. I never thought about it. You're actually the first one who brought it up. Um, <laughs> I, I just I just I thought math was the easiest subject for me. I'll yeah. be honest. Um, accounting is a whole different level. But, you know, I, I, I didn't know. And I never really thought about it. I guess on the note of like LA controller stuff, so people have pointed out how, you know, you, Jane, maybe the entire office, you all, you know, leave your office more often to actually audit how the city does things in real life, you know, whether that's at a protest or maybe like visiting an animal shelter. Uh, what's it like being the first controller in a very long time to touch grass? Um, I, I think... We are exploring and, and using the controller's office in a way that can really, you know, take advantage of the powers that we have and really provide that sort of transparency and accountability. So that includes us going on the ground. People are like, well, I've never seen a controller on the ground, even the controller himself mm. doing this work. It's usually us just bossing people around, like saying, hey, <laughs> 
hey, you guys can do this audit for us. But our executive team, which includes Jane and other other people are, are, are filled with experts, people who, who have done this work of oversight or who have done work in community organizing or activism. And we, we made it that way so that so that we can complement our civil service staff, right? The, uh, our, our office is about 160 plus members, right? But 14 of that is us, like the executive mm -hmm. team. But the other, you know, 140 plus are like, people who've worked here for 20 years, 30 years, yeah. who, who are the accountants, who are the payroll people, who are the auditors, right? Um, and we don't really have that many, um, especially on our audit audit division. And so we supplement their work by having people in our team do the work, including me, myself. So, you know, I just, I just think that we are, it's a new administration who's actually doing uh, on the ground work and, and, and helping our, our people. Kind of going back to like the the whole findings of your reports and things like that. What happens if like you you have findings that show you could benefit from like a lot more housing or things like that, but no politician really wants to do that? What happens then? Do you just go on to the next thing or would you focus like even harder on like that harmful policy? I was like, 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 like if we, if we fight, have findings and we have recommendations that can make something work better, but the city is like, you know what, we don't want to do your recommendations or forget yeah. about it. Or, yeah. You know, that, that, that's always how controllers, um, that, that's how most controllers and past administrations see things is we'll do an audit or we'll do a report and nothing happens. Right. So I think for us is we're actually working very constructively with, with departments and with and with elected officials, um, and I think one of the big differences is we have a big we have a big stage of 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 ears of people listening to us. I mean, we received the most votes ever in the history of of city of LA elections, and we have the power of, of the people to, to to push for these changes. So we can always you know go on the media, go on the news and and tell people like these are important issues that we should be caring about that we're spending millions of dollars on and no one's doing anything about it. So, um, you know, that puts pressure on then uh, the city to act, right? So, mm -hmm. we're only as good as if like you said politicians and departments actually implement the changes and we can help doing that because we have a bully pulpit. Oh, oh, oh what was that? Oh, what was that? Yeah, <laughs> a, a bully pulpit. Like we have a bully pulpit. All right, individual. Wait, uh, what, wait, what's a sorry? What's a pulpit? What's a bully pulpit? So the the city controller basically can 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 put pressure on on departments and on elected officials by using their network, right? By talking to the media, by talking oh, to okay. by talking to uh, to to four million voters and saying, hey, our our city's not doing anything about it. I think we need I a, see we need to pressure them or something like that. Yeah, I, I feel like the, in other words, it's like we have clout. It's like, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, we yeah, have yeah. some clout. Yeah, we can, <laughs> okay. I see, I see, okay. Yeah, I guess what, um, you know, I, I think in like the 100 days Zoom meeting, you talked about, you know, having all these reports right now, you know, maybe one one challenge is that not a lot of people want to want to read like the full reports yet. I guess I'm kind of curious for your office, like what are, Maybe some new ideas you're cooking up to try to, you know, spread the knowledge to the masses in like a digestible way. Yeah. So we just released like an 86 page report on animal yeah. services. And so the way we, we 
we make it better is by doing like a summary of key findings mm. on that's only two pages long or three oh, pages nice. long. Um, yeah. Or we do like a, a Twitter thread or, or a TikTok, just talking there about we go. <laughs> some certain issues that are important. So that's how we've been able to communicate um, some of the, the the tedious and voluminous, you know, reports and data that we we're looking at. Okay, I was about to say two to three pages, Kenneth. That's still too long for me. Like, <laughs> I need this in like forty seconds or less. Yeah. We yeah, need yeah. the the old Twitter limit of two eighty characters max for one tweet. Yeah. yeah no, it used to be yeah. one forty. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> the one forty. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking speaking of TikToks, like you're always bench pressing in your TikToks. Like, what's the secret to staying healthy while having a stressful government job? I haven't I haven't done bench press in a while, but when I was, it was it was excessively like during that time <laughs> um the secret to, to to staying fit and working out and is to is to just keep working out we have weights here at the gym i sorry at the gym at the office i call it our <laughs> office a gym but we have weights here um that people use we have a bench here at, at our city hall office so we people come in and they just work out it's it's also good to just work out mindlessly when you're when you're reading something or you're just doing something and you know over time you're like wow i'm actually strong and it's like i've just been doing these workouts subconsciously so i would say you, you got to find time because this job could be very stressful and and working out is a good way to release that's stress. But I got to say, like, you know, Jane mentioned earlier today that y'all have dogs at your office. And then you mentioned that you have like workout equipment. You guys for city government, you kind of sound like a tech startup. Yeah, everyone says that. And, and you know, if you look at behind me, I have like neon lights and everything yeah. and like everything is like cool and yeah. stuff like <laughs> that. And at, at times we can have seven to eight dogs running around. I think right now we have four, but it's, it's definitely a, a chill vibe here. Oh, that's nice. Eric Adams yeah. would never. Not yeah. in our city hall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. we do uh, team workouts after work if people want to yeah. work out. And make everyone I, do I used, CrossFit. I used, to be a, I used to be a trainer for years. Oh. So, oh, okay. so that's why I work out a lot. Huh. So a trainer and an accountant. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, I guess we've, you know, obviously the controller role, it, it lasts for four years and you're, you know, you're only like three months in, I guess. Is this something that you see doing for a while? Like, is this for you something that leads up to like, I don't know, May or something? I don't even know what goes on after this, but um, what are any potential future political plans? So I have a four-year term and then I could run for a second term max. Mm. So, you know, I, I love this type of work. It's very data-driven oriented and objective and i love just taking data and just being like this is what it is yeah. we have to fix <laughs> it like this is what it is no one's lying here this is the these are the stats and you can't argue with the facts um so i like this role because of that and i love having the ability to take data and, and work with a team that is that is motivated by those reasons too with the ultimate goal of changing the system for the better so i i, I love I love this here. I don't have any right now. I don't have any ambitions to, to, to be like the mayor, for example, yeah. which would be like the next step or something. Right. But I don't, I don't, I, I love being the controller right now. Okay. Um, I feel like with, I hope this isn't like too stereotypical of a question, but like, how did, how did your parents feel about like you going from like a, a like EY consultant to a public servant? I think my personality is very, I'm very, 
I'm very determined, but I'm also very loud and I'm also very uh, hilarious. I, I'd like to say hilarious. So, <laughs> so I do whatever I want. That's, that's just how my life has been is they know me as someone who, who will do something random and I'll, I'll put my mind to it and we'll do it. And so when they first found out that, oh, wow, he's actually going to become the controller, they are like, they didn't, they, they said, oh, that's just, that's just canon, being canon. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so they were there and then I, and then I won the primary and then they're like, oh, wow, this is actually be getting real. And, <laughs> and so, you know, they've just been supportive, but they, it's, it's not lost on them that they wouldn't be surprised that I'm doing something big. And then it's like, oh, okay, all right. He's doing something big again. Let's support him. So they've been supportive. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. We were we were talking to Jane about this, but I'd love to hear your perspective since she mentioned you're the father of specifically quote you're the father of two corgis. You know, we were listening in on your first hundred days Zoom that you held like a week or two ago, um, and uh, one thing that we thought was really interesting was the prominence of animal rights issues. You know, animal rights is not. I'm sure it's a thing here in New York, but like it, I don't really hear too many people talking about it. More people are concerned about like getting rid of the rat as opposed to doing so humanely. Um, mm. So I'd love to hear you just like kind of talk about that, uh, why you're passionate about it. Is this a big thing in L.A., et cetera? Yeah, I mean, in the city of L.A., we are in charge of uh, we, we have our own animal services department. And so. We're in charge of any strays. We have our own shelters. We have, you know, to take care of anything related to, to animals in our city, right? So it's it's a it's a so we have to take care of that, right? And what we're seeing is that we're there are not enough staffing. We're seeing that there are overcrowding of shelter of shelters of, of of animals, and it's just bad conditions. You know, if you visit it. There are people who will go visit it and they'll leave crying because, or they can't even handle it because it's just the conditions are, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just not in a humane way. Like dogs haven't been walked in in months or or weeks, and they're just in a kennel. But you know how 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 could you how could you walk like three hundred dogs and there are only <laughs> ten people working, right? It's, right. And and so that's what this. Report was aiming to do was just to show the systemic issues you know there's short staffing not enough funding mm-hmm. the, the the large animal population and so <clears throat> and i think it's also important too because we are fighting for many issues you know homelessness housing public safety many of these issues where where people can advocate for themselves and you know these animals uh, they really don't have have an advocate and there's really never been a, a government official to really take on what's happening here. So that's how we see it. Okay. Yeah. And this stemmed from your being a father of two corgis, like this passion um, for animals. Was, no, it was part of it. Uh, I, I got educated by the community. So this uh-huh. is something that the, the community was very passionate about. And there was a LA times article that went viral. It was on the news. Oh, yeah. It, so that's how I sort of got our attention because we saw that this was under the city and dogs weren't being walked in months. And, you know, there was one for a year and you see like a video or uh, the LA Times article and you see like a dog being carried out because they don't know how to walk anymore. Oh my and, goodness. And so it was something that I was definitely educated on by 
by the community. It, it, uh, hearing you talk about it reminds me of that commercial that plays um, like the Sarah McLaughlin song. The, yeah, yeah, in the, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, that one, the eyes of an angel or whatever, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see what other questions do we have for you. You guys don't have any uh, fun questions for me? We, uh, we had some of the EYA. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, favorites? Any? You curious about any favorites or anything? Or? It sounds like you want to ask. <laughs> it sounds like you yeah, want to ask. Tell us your, yeah. tell us your top 10 uh, favorites. Yeah. <laughs> favorite nah, anything. Nah, nah. <laughs> no, favorite cool. number, Kenneth. What's yeah. your favorite number? Seven. <laughs> Why? Seven. Uh, <laughs> My birthday is on the seventh. So. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, Oh, let's. Oh wait, Jerry. Did you, oh you intro it right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I feel like you know, closing out on his his favorite number is a is a good way to go. Okay. Uh, favorite well, dessert that, is boba. Yeah, uh, boba. Okay. What's that's, your order? I have the basic Thai iced tea. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. that's not basic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that that's a good closer. We'll uh, end with Kenneth's uh, boba order. Um, that's it for this episode. If you know, you could give us a five star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It's free. Takes literally a second. Um, otherwise, you can follow us on Instagram at Politically Asian Podcast or on Twitter at Politic Asian Pod. And until next time, bye. bye.